0: So in the first two days of the retreat, uh, there was some talk and instruction about the first foundation of mindfulness, the (coughs) mindfulness of the body, so with paying attention to the breath and paying attention to the body sensations, and the breath being one of the fundamental rhythms of the body. And then yesterday Catherine uh, spoke about the second foundation of mindfulness, Vedana, or feeling tone. Uh, So today I'd like to speak a little bit about the third foundation of mindfulness, uh, which is mindfulness of the mind, of mind states. So (coughs) this is the third area where the Buddha really recommended that we give Uh, really uh, caring attention and investigation so actually for many people it's not uh, it's not immediately obvious what exactly a mind state is Uh, it might sound a bit of a funny word so first of all what is it um That my, the idea of mindsets includes the concept of emotions, which is something that we're all uh, quite clear about what that means. So, some of the more obvious emotions like fear or anger or joy or love, these are all emotions and emotions are a part or a subset of mind states. So, emotions and moods part of mind states. Uh, a little less obvious emotions or mind states. Things like um, boredom or interest. So those two are uh, mind states. The mind is bored, the mind is interested. Or the mind is peaceful or agitated. These these are all mind states. little, sometimes less obvious than the more really fully blown emotions. You can get a little bit more subtle still. So Uh, things like is the mind dull or is it bright at any given time it's not something that we live with forever it's just at any given time is the mind dull or is it bright is the mind spacious does it feel quite expansive or does the mind feel constricted shrunken in on itself is the mind Energized as a feeling of uh, aliveness and energy in the mind or is it a sort of uh, depressed energy in the mind very low level energy so in any given moment of, of, of our life really uh, everyone, we all have a mind state so actually right now everyone in this room has a mind state Uh, There's a mindset going on, it's actually moving, uh, it moves quite quickly. So right now, the mind, each of the minds in this room is in a certain state. Now, the reason that the Buddha uh, gave such emphasis to this is quite clear. We struggle a lot, this is something we struggle with a lot. a lot of our suffering in life is actually caught up in our mind state Uh, we're troubled uh, by the state of our mind a lot our mind doesn't seem to behave and uh, we struggle with it so to bring attention and to bring investigation a real care into that investigation is really uh, important if we want to move towards freedom So the first step uh, is um, actually just becoming familiar with what it means and what the different states of mind are, what it is to have a mind that has mind states. This is bringing mindfulness in, bringing the capacity to notice uh, the different aspects of a mind state. Every time there's a mind state, it will have some physical manifestation. It will have some uh, way that it plays out and expresses itself in the body. So, uh, sometimes this is clearer with the more uh, fully blown emotions. But when there's fear, for example, there's certain strong sensations often in the body or uh, anger, or love too, expresses itself in the body, the body feels a certain way, um, joy. So the first step is really to look at how, how the body is manifesting, what are the sensations in the body that are uh, expressive of this mind state. So this includes uh, Manifestations in temperature. For instance, something like anger is quite a heated, we're hot with anger, and we can actually feel that heat in the body. You can feel it in different parts of the body. Uh, some mind states are accompanied by a very light feeling in the body. The body feels very uh, airy and light. And some mind states, very sort of heaviness and sort of thickness in the body. So this is all just to be noticed just to become familiar with and, and to become intimate with and we might ask where are the, where is the manifestation in the body so uh, for instance with fear again uh, the manifestation is often there's often uh, what we, you know butterflies in the tummy so it's, it's something right there or uh, love is often you know warmth or expansiveness in the chest um, Oftentimes, uh mind states and emotions are, are manifested uh, in the face you can really if you just tune into what's going on in the face around the mouth often we can find uh, often quite a strong uh, correlation there so what are, the mind, what are the body sensations and where are they? Just to really explore this, to be open to exploring and becoming familiar with all that movement. All the body sensations um, that accompany a mindset will actually have a Vedana tone to them, a feeling tone. So when there's love, uh, when there's that wish for kindness, that sort of flow of warmth outwards, that's actually a very pleasant feeling. So the Vedana, the feeling tone of the, of the body sensation, is actually very pleasant. And just to notice that. Uh, fear is almost inevitably unpleasant. It's a very uncomfortable feeling to have in the body. Anger too is very uncomfortable in its heat. So just to really check out the different um, aspects, the different pieces of each mind state. So notice the body sensations. can notice to the thoughts. Many mindsets are actually accompanied by a whole sort of uh, horde or constellation of thoughts, you know. So, to notice what kind of thoughts are, are with this. If there's boredom, what kind of thoughts are with the boredom? If there's anger or irritability, what kind of thoughts with that? Similarly with joy or love. Um, and again, the thoughts will have a Vedana tone. They will have a feeling tone. Some thoughts are just really unpleasant thoughts to be thinking. I'm an idiot, I'm worthless. is never a pleasant thought, it's a very painful thought. Uh, generally, you're an idiot is also a pretty painful thought. Um, so just to notice these little aspects of the, uh, the body and, and the thought and the Veda. When, uh, when one's working with thought in meditation, it's really, really important to be anchored in the body, to really have a strong sense of um, the mindfulness being established well and firmly in the body as a reference point. Thought is so uh, quick and slippery and seductive that it comes and we're off. So to be able to actually work with thought and notice the vedna of thought and notice the thought come and go actually we need to be really rooted in the body and this will give our attention, our mindfulness uh, some real power and stability when we're working with thought instead of the thought overpowering the mind the mindfulness can in a sense accommodate and be more powerful than the thought and that's extremely important Okay, so there's noticing, in, there's noticing the body sensations in the Vedna, the thoughts in the Vedna. There's also something that's a little bit harder to put into words, and something you might call the climate or the texture of the mind. So to notice this too, when there's um, dullness, say, a mind state of dullness, it's generally quite a contracted mind state. This is what we do when we fall asleep, is the mind kind of shrinks in on itself so that's the texture of the mind it's kind of small or if it's just a little over energised a little kind of this, like this radio static just playing through the mind that's part of the texture of the mind it's all things we can become intimate with and know that this is going on um, fear also tends to shrink the mind some of those textures and clients of mind are actually unpleasant again so we'll, we'll the automatic reaction would be to, to react to them uh, when there's fear in the mind shrinks, you know um, I don't know if you've ever uh, I used to be a jazz musician years ago and uh, in my beginning stages of my career would I felt quite a lot of performance anxiety, sometimes would be up there on stage and it would feel like my mind was about the size of a pea and uh, so that that feeling of shrinking shrinking out is actually very unpleasant and what happens with the unpleasantness of it is that we we react to it and this tends to spiral the whole mind state so it's very important to be aware of the climate and the texture of the mind another sort crucial aspect of mind states is their effect on perception. So, some of this is fairly obvious, but uh, when we're irritable, uh, generally, or, or angry or depressed, the world doesn't look uh, like a very nice place and people don't seem that great, and we don't seem that great. Our whole perception is kind of grey, heavy, dark mm. uh, and then sometimes the heart opens and there's a real uh, tenderness or warmth or, or and the whole world actually uh, seems soft seems very lovely and beautiful and uh, luminous even so this is the effect of the mind state on, on the perception this is really Really to be noticed, because if we believe that our perceptions are giving us some inherent uh, take on what, what the world is, and what reality is, and what we are, and what other people's are, then that's actually a misunderstanding. Perception always comes out of the mind state, to notice that relationship. The mind state will also have an effect on the Vedana, on the feeling tone uh, of sense contact. What does that mean? It means if we're, if we're irritable uh, and uh, you, know, you stub your toe or something, it's magnified by uh, you know, a hundred times or whatever, or you're sitting and there's a pain in the knee and there's irritability. The actual unpleasantness of the sense contact is actually stronger this is all, all to be noticed because this is part of how suffering builds up when we don't notice these things we don't notice uh, the way the whole sort of black mass of suffering is, is, is snowballing so there's the body, sensations, the thoughts the climate or texture of the mind the effect on perceptions Very important to notice is our relationship to mind-states. So, um, some mind-states we we very much appreciate and we really love them and uh, some mind-states we really have a difficult time with. And to notice that relationship, what is my relationship to the mind-state? we can actually feel that relationship in the body this is also one of the reasons why being anchored in the body is really important Um, when there's a a wish to push away a mind state, push away fear or push away uh, irritability there's actually a kind of physical contraction in the body you can actually feel it, sometimes it's quite subtle it's almost like the body is just cramping up a little bit. You can actually tune into to that, uh, that sense in the body as a way of telling us what's my relationship with this. And of course sometimes we notice that relationship in thought, in thought about the mind state. Uh, sometimes that thought is about self-belief. Uh, I am an You know, I'm a a crappy meditator, or uh, I'm a spiritual failure, or, or you know, whatever it is, I'm a loser, something like that. Because I have a mind state, it means, it means I'm useless or something. Because I have a certain mind state, to be very, very uh, conscientious around the kinds of self-beliefs. that that arise in relationship to having any mind state. Or, you know, there's a little run of calmness and, uh, you know, the self-belief is, ah, it's very soon to be a Buddha. Or, you know, it's uh, just, just to be aware of what the conclusions are that we're making about ourselves because of mind states. And there's so, so, so much suffering involved in that. This beliefs and this, this uh, what we tell ourselves about ourselves based on what the mind is doing at any time. So really, to be very uh, bring a real care and, and vigilance around that. And we also we also have views about the mind state itself and, and what it <laughs> uh, what it might mean. So. Sometimes, uh, for instance, there can be a view that if there's a a lot of miserable mind states, that's actually a purification process happening. So this is actually quite common for this view to be around in spiritual circles, that what meditation is, is just to sit there, do nothing, and let all the old karma, all the accumulations, come up and out. Generally, they'll be miserable, and so the more misery the better you're doing um, <laughs> it's quite a common view unfortunately the Buddha never ever said that never not once in fact he came across a person who was practicing that way and he, he basically ridiculed him um, it's just to, to be wary of what the assumptions are about the whole process am I assuming that I'm emptying out through sitting here emptying out this life and 10,000 lives before and what what a long process that's going to be. Is that really what this is about? Um, And perhaps even more importantly, if I have a view like that, is it a neutral view? Is it a neutral view or does having a view like that actually have an effect on what's going on in terms of a kind of self-perpetuating belief? So, if I believe that, that tends to be what happens and what seems to be what's going on. If I think it's just endless purification, it may be that one's own questioning in quite quite a self responsible and strong way. The Buddha, when he talked about these uh, four foundations of mindfulness, he used this, he keeps using these strange phrases. He says, He talks about the body, then he says, see the body in the body. He talks about feelings, he says, see the feelings in the feelings. Then he talks about the mind, he says, see the mind in the mind. And What on earth does that mean? See the mind in the mind. What it means is exactly this. Don't see self-belief in the mind. The mind is depressed. It means what? It means the mind is depressed. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't mean I'm a loser. It doesn't mean I'm a completely depressed person. See the mind in the mind. Don't see self in the mind. And to be very... uh, very careful with that. And don't see other assumptions in the mind. It's just, that's what the mind is doing. That's how it is right now. It's just the mind in the mind. Similarly with the body, instead of uh, you know, thinking about the body in terms of um, self, sense of self-worth, it's attractive or it's not attractive, or it's aging or it's not aging, or I'm healthy or not. It's just the body in the body takes away so much of the unnecessary suffering that we uh, dump on top of body and of mind. So just see the mind in the mind. It doesn't mean anything about ourselves. So, there's this... uh, movement to notice, to really come close to mind states, to become familiar and intimate with, with uh, all the different mind states that we can have as human beings. And that's a central part of what it is to be mindful. And there are, in a way, three other uh, sort of avenues along which mindfulness can travel with mind states. The first is that when we're dealing uh, usually with difficult mind states, when there's um, grief or anger or fear, something that's really uh, difficult, what we're doing, part of what we're doing here is actually slowly developing the capacity to accommodate those difficult mind states. So sometimes it's some things like grief or memories coming up from the past that are difficult, that uh, bring difficult emotions. Part of what we're doing, and it's a very important part, is we're actually, it, over time, developing the capacity to accommodate uh, what's difficult. So we're, in a way, enlarge, enlarging, enlarging our container so that uh, the difficult mindsets, difficult emotions can actually... Um, be held by the larger container of mindfulness and we can develop that container with practice, with time when we do this when we develop the capacity to accommodate there's a real potential for healing that comes and it's so important that uh, what's difficult instead of overwhelming us we are literally then holding it the way we might hold a child and Uh, in that holding there can be a healing that comes that process uh, to be able to learn to accommodate, uh, in doing that we are developing uh, qualities of courage because it's not easy, a lot of mindsets we have fear, anger, grief they are not easy uh, they are not they are quite scary to face, so we 're actually developing the courage slowly to actually be able to accommodate them we 're developing openness and we 're developing confidence, which is really crucial so there 's a sense of over time it one just becomes one feels capable of uh, Handling, working with, accommodating, really anything that comes up in the realm of uh, mind and emotion that instead of us being afraid of ourselves we actually feel a certain uh, really authentic rooted confidence that we're, we're, we're okay, you know, we, can, we can work with our, our mindsets, we can work with our lives and that confidence is a really, really important thing I don't think it's that common in this world I think a lot of, there's a lot of movement of fear away from ourselves, away from our mind states So we're developing confidence and we're developing the inner resources to be able to accommodate in that way So that we can be with these difficult mind states in a self-nurturing way, in a way that's really helpful. This this isn't easy, okay? Um, it's 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 just not easy uh, for anyone, really. This journey, and really at any time, uh, it's just it's just not easy. It's not an easy thing. It takes. Uh, kindness, it needs kindness that process of learning to accommodate what's difficult needs our kindness and it needs patience we need to be patient, especially with old patterns we really need to know that it's it can, but it's probably not something that will just change like that it needs interest as well we need to actually be interested in the process that quality of interest is a really uh, powerful factor. And it needs compassion. They are, these difficult mindsets of, often, uh, well they are suffering for ourselves. So it needs to be touched uh, with compassion, aware that uh, that they're difficult and that when they're around it's suffering for us. So these It's not easy, but these are the qualities that we need to... Uh, reflect on bringing into this work. And when we're working with difficult mindsets, it's not the case that uh, you know, we have to sort of roll up the sleeves and get stuck in there and hang on to them for, you know, it's you or me and we're <laughs> uh, one of us is, you know, fight to the death and we have to stay with it. It's, it's a gradual process, so there's no... Um, there's nothing great about being overwhelmed and run down by a persistently difficult mind state. You can work with it and then when it's time to sort of uh, gather in the troops and, and you know, re- get some reinforcements, get some rest, get some uh, time away from it, then we, then we leave it and come back to uh, the breath if possible or, or a meta-practice if possible, some loving kindness, of something that's restful, easing. Uh, healing and if even that's not possible, then a walk in nature m- and we use nature the openness to nature uh, or something like that for uh for that kind of restorative healing effect and then when we when then when it's time to work again then we can we can face it again. Sometimes we can get quite skilled at sort of psychologically talking around our uh, difficult mind states and emotions, but I wonder, we can get quite sophisticated that, But I want, uh, with that, but I wonder maybe sometimes there's more power in just sitting and opening quietly to what's difficult. And all the talking that we do about and around and on top of, it's just quietly and facing and opening and this is the very what the Buddha would call a noble movement that we we're willing to be with what is we're willing to uh, open fully to life so in its lovely aspects and its difficult aspects and that uh, willingness to open is something very noble, very ennobling So there's noticing it and becoming familiar with the different mind states, and then there's this uh, what we're doing, just developing the capacity to accommodate. If uh, if we're working uh, on samatha, on developing calm, or developing metta, loving kindness, or one of the other brahmaviharas, then I have to modify the usual approach because the usual vipassana approach would be just to excuse me, let come what comes and to develop this openness to, to its coming and its going and be with it if we're working on samatha or metta on developing calm we're actually working on developing certain mind states so the usual thing that we hear about don't get attached to whatever mindset actually we have to put that aside and it's Actually, okay to get attached to mind states if you're working with samatha and metta. It's it's fine. It's completely a good thing. As several of my teachers said to me, worry about that later. You know, you're developing if you if you're working on calmness, on concentration, on metta. Just develop that, and it will. It does have periods when it's nice, and enjoy that. So don't worry about the attachment there. It's a slightly Different em- emphasis, but to be conscious of what you're doing when you're doing. So now I'm uh, developing samatha, and I'm I'm working on developing a mind state. So just to know that that's what's going on. And then if you're actually working, doing both, I'm developing calm, and I'm developing uh, a more open awareness of vipassana. Then uh, just to be aware of when you're doing what you're doing that's all it's not it's not this cardinal rule of you know don't get attached to mind states the Buddha put huge emphasis on right effort so what that means is cultivating beautiful mind states huge huge emphasis cultivating what's beautiful and, and learning to let go of what's not so helpful what we understand over time and it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a huge investigation we understand what's beautiful and what's not beautiful here in terms of mind states mind states that lead to happiness that lead to our happiness and the happiness of others are worth cultivating so love, calmness equanimity, patience compassion uh Concentration. These are all beautiful mindsets that are really worth uh, investing in, worth developing. Uh, anger, irritability, impatience, uh, agitation, uh, disinterest. <laughs> these, these are not so helpful to us. They bring suffering for us and for other people. And we need to be clear about that. And get clear about that. So this is quite a process just to be clear about what actually helps and what doesn't. And then to actually gradually begin to empower what's helpful and what and to let go of what's not. And we can ask actually in any moment what does the mindset actually need right now? So if it's, for instance, if I'm feeling a bit tired and dull then uh, the mindset might be a bit shrunken it might be that I need to pay attention to space more actually expand the mind literally by paying attention to physical space by paying attention to light It needs, or it may need a bit more of an injection of energy an injection of effort so we can actually see oh, that's the mindset what, what could it possibly need? Um, or if there's uh, a sort of you know, haranguing voice of self-judgment. Maybe it's time for some meta, for some for some kindness practice. When when there's calmness around, when there's love around, when there's a sense of expansiveness around, um, really to actually explore that, uh, to let oneself explore that. Uh, how how does it feel when there's love around? How does the body feel? when there's kindness around, there's a certain warmth flowing in the body, a certain ease in the body, openness Um, when there's a sense of expansiveness around, just to really uh, get familiar with that that getting familiar uh, with it actually um, begins to nourish that mind state when there's, when there is uh, uh, a beautiful mindset, an enjoyable mindset, to Eat. actually really let ourselves enjoy it. Okay, but sometimes we kind of get the impression that we're not supposed to enjoy these things. <laughs> to really uh, appreciate it, feel, let it, um, let it wash us, let it uh, nourish us. It's very important we can actually tune in to the pleasantness of it as a way of uh, letting it establish. So there's, uh, if there is a feeling of love or calmness, actually sometimes there's in the body a, a, a current of pleasant feeling. And you can actually just, in you know, a very light, without snatching at it, just lightly uh, allow the mind to rest and enjoy and uh, be with that pleasant feeling if it's there if there's unpleasant feeling uh, can there be space around that can there be non-reactivity around that that space and non-reactivity is actually um, what we might call a a helpful mind state non-reactivity and space are really helpful there's this uh, capacity that we're developing to accommodate what's difficult in our mind states and our emotions. There's the uh, slightly different emphasis when we're developing samatha or metta of actually looking at what's helpful and really cultivating that and learning how to cultivate that over time. third sort of uh, way that mindfulness might go is actually... Looking at the m- mind states from what we might call like a Dharma perspective. So what, what do I mean by that? Actually, to try and look at it in a way that brings insight in a very direct way. So uh, the, the sort of op- most obvious one is to actually direct the attention uh, to the changing nature of mind states. So actually that's what we're noticing, we're, we're letting the changing that nature, the impairments actually really um, imprint itself on consciousness in a very deliberate way. Um, we can see mind states changing over the course of the day, you know, wake up grumpy and you know, by the time you have breakfast or tea it's probably not not quite the same. <laughs> a little. Generally, in the course of a day, there's there's quite a lot of shifting of mind states. Actually, so to to puncture the myth that we actually it's this massive sort of block of whatever it might be. Um, On a closer level, on a sort of micro level, really getting in there and and seeing uh, literally uh, is is a mind state the same the same five seconds after we first note that it's a mind state if I say sadness does it stay sadness? is it you know, just, just really close look at the micro fluctuations in it it's just like holding up a big cloth and uh, beginning when we look closely to actually see it's got lots of holes in it it, it takes away the uh, sense of solidity that a mind state has that an emotion has which is part of the problem that we have with it we tend to, it tends to feel so solid, so all-encompassing, so unchanging. we been to actually see, really look closely. It's really changing quite a lot. There's lots of holes in it. Sometimes when, when the mindset feels particularly difficult, uh, and it's very difficult to work with, it can actually... Be helpful. Just to, just to have the faith that it will pass. This, this too will pass. And just to remind ourselves of that, we've never, ever in our lives had a mind state that uh, that lasts forever. We just haven't. It's impossible. And actually, sometimes it is. It is very difficult. We can just remind ourselves: this, this will pass. It is impermanent and it can just be enough uh, there sometimes keep us going. So we see the impermanence of it. We can see the changing nature. Uh, the, uh, sorry, the, what do I call How Looking into how it's actually supported, how the uh, mind state is actually supported by different mm-hmm. factors. And this is really important, it's, it's often overlooked. So w- what does that mean? It means um, a mindset is often supported by our reactions to it, as I said a little bit before. So if, if there's fear, and there's fear around we're often actually afraid of fear itself. So there's fear of fear. And to notice that's going on is very, very common. And actually... Uh, the fear of the fear is part of what keeps the whole f- fear going. It's part of the actual constellation and the the engine of the fear. To really see how how is this thing being supported, or if there's a sense of contraction and it just feels uncomfortable, if there's a feeling of aversion to the contraction, that's actually Partly, what's keeping the whole thing going? Mm -hmm. So, to really look not just at the thing, but all the uh, sort of constellation of other factors that are supporting this, that is really, really important. Or, as I mentioned before, we may say, "I shouldn't be having this mindset." I've been meditating for you know days, or you know (laughs) whatever it is. Uh, years, decades <laughs> i shouldn 't have this mindset that thought is not is not a neutral thing it 's something that actually is influencing the mind state. so just to see what is helping build this whole structure, we may also uh, see what is a little hard to describe, but in a way the uh, sometimes it's really necessary in meditation to pay very close attention to what's going on. So we're really, uh, for instance, if there's sadness, we feel uh, we feel pain in the, in the heart area. And it's uh, very skillful, can be very skillful, to really let the attention, in a very soft way, go into that uh, feeling, the physical manifestation of the sadness, and actually just touch that with mindfulness and explore that in quite a micro way, actually very close to it. So that's what we might call kind of microscopic attention. On the other extreme we might have um, awareness, a sense of awareness being quite large, being actually very large. So actually we cultivate a very spacious awareness. Um, And this is something that we can do deliberately. So uh, the awareness seems to encompass the body seems to encompass the room beyond uh, to the sky, even uh, within that spacious awareness. the sadness is there, little little uh, area of sadness in the middle of a vast awareness and it can can be with 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 practice, it, it can be quite skillful to move between these two ways of using attention quite a microscopic way and quite an expansive way It can be very skillful and actually to see how does, uh, how does each way of using attention, how does that affect what's going on? How does it affect a sense of fear or a sense of sadness, a sense of anger? The way we use attention is also not a neutral thing. The way we use mindfulness is not a neutral thing. Lastly, we might want to, we might want to explore the, instead of just an emphasis on mindfulness all the time, mindfulness, 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 being aware, what if we explore the power of kindness? What if we let go a little bit of the agenda on a sort of precision of awareness and actually just explore what is the effect of kindness on this mind state, on this emotion? So that can be, as I mentioned briefly before, just a sense of actually either holding ourselves with that emotion, with that grief, with that uh, anger, whatever it is, or actually even holding the emotion itself or bathing it uh, in kindness as if uh, the awareness is just imbuing it with, with kindness whatever works for you, but finding some way to actually uh, bring a lot of kindness in and actually really touch uh, hold what's going on in kindness and really let that be the emphasis and seeing what effect does that have because again kindness and its absence are not neutral factors actually there is no such thing as a neutral factor there's no such thing so to really see uh, and it's extremely skillful what is it to bring kindness to this and if there's resistance that's okay. you can bring kindness to the resistance so sometimes we you know in working meditation we're actually called very very uh, very strongly to a mind state it's really there's no way of escaping it it's very strong, and that's what's going on and uh, then we know this is what's going on I'm being called by a mind state and we bring, uh, we bring a care and attention and uh, bring a way of working to, with, with it, to it uh, sometimes we might just be sitting there and it's all trundling along fairly okay uh, with the breath with whatever and we might just want just to say what's the mind state now just want just, to just pop that question in and, and actually begin to explore it Uh, can be quite a whole new dimension uh, that opens up for people for their uh, exploration of the mind, exploration of consciousness so that's a lot of information Um, it doesn't matter Um, just putting it out there and take what take what Feels like it speaks to you, what feels like it's alive, what feels like it's helpful right now. Uh, Let the rest go, it's it's not important. Um, No one's uh, expected to take in all the instructions for, uh, for, for, you know, just in the course of the retreat. So there's there's lots of stuff, there's just different ways of working, really just uh, let go of what doesn't feel. Uh, appropriate right now. We have a quiet minute to go. <coughs>